Evening guys, uh, how you doing? It is Monday, 26th of March. Ed Draper here, just uh, responding actually on the back of the Dillian White, Lucas Brown fight. Just uh, kind of been asking on Twitter, Ed Draper, 81 on there, about your thoughts on um, Dillian White's progress since the Anthony Joshua fight. Seven fights since then now. Um, what kind of progression you saw in the skill set, even from, I guess, the Hellenius fight, maybe his sort of immediate Pre, uh, pre-fight before this one and then um, before that of course Chisora and Ian Lewis and Malcolm Tan David Allen um, just seeing a sense of, of skill progression um, what did you think of it I thought it was good I think Lucas Brown was lacklustre um, to say the least and clearly a lot of been made of his conditioning and, and in fairness Sky Sports commentator Adam Smith I think drew attention to that straight away um, that that wasn't the, uh, the strongest uh, condition that the Australian came into it albeit it was undefeated coming in Rob Barrow put on Twitter, and you can find this thread, as I say, Ed Draper, 81 on Twitter, some good, uh, knowledgeable boxing enthusiasts putting some comments, and Rob Barrow has put, I agree, he was more imposing when he was in shape, feel the match uh, making has been very clever, one thing that's good for Brown is that emotion didn't get the better of him, he's gone to war with Chisora and AJ, in my opinion, he lost both, although marginally V Chisora, well clearly he lost obviously the AJ fight, the seventh round knockout against Anthony Joshua, did rock Joshua, in that fight, did uh, Dillian White just look sharp? It looked to me more of a boxer. And I'm not a, a technical aficionado, and I don't claim to be. And I feel obviously very uncomfortable. I think judging boxers in that sense, sitting in judgment as someone who's never had the cojones to get in the ring personally myself. But I think boxing is a fascinating topic in terms of analogies with life and what you learn from it and what you try and learn from it. From my perspective, is people that certainly have that courage to, to get in the ring in the first place and face fear, but also you can see the development, I think, in, in uh, Dillian White in terms of particularly the anti-Joshua fight, his kind of gung-ho, emotive, um, adrenalised style, where it seemed a lot more composed, even though there was a rivalry, a bit of needle, maybe not as much as Anthony Joshua, a sort of childhood rivalry he has with Joshua and um, the animosity that was with Derek Chisora as well, which went back to sparring years ago, as I understand it. But he seemed to be composed. He didn't overcommit against a guy that had a hefty knockout percentage rate I think 88% knockout rate coming into the fight he kind of bided his time and then when he knew he could land and when he had some good body shots in there he uh, had a good arsenal I think the jab looked quite punchy wasn't a reaching American style jab had a bit of zip to it just looked like he altogether more like a boxer I suppose and I think part of that was technical Um, people have credited Mark Tibbs as trainer but also potentially um, emotionally just it was in his mindset it was kind of more focused more guess professional in his in his approach maybe um danny rosamond put on uh, my twitter account hard to say as brown came in so poor looked much better when he wasn't as personally involved like joshua and even chisora much more use of the jabs and less gung-ho so it kind of echoes what i was saying there certainly improved than the mark tibbs be interesting to see the skill set against a world-class opponent I think Mark Tibbs was at TKO um, gym in Canning Town, actually, which was the only proper boxing train I ever had was one session down there. Absolutely exhausted me. Um, John Bailey says he has improved, but it's still so hard to judge as Brown was very poor, which I think is fair. I mean, was Brown just overwhelmed as well, physically, energy-wise? Nearly 39. Uh, John Bailey continues, with boxing not having any universal ranking structure, it's hard to judge where a boxer actually is until they're repeatedly defending world titles. Yeah, people might argue that even Vladimir Klitschko when he was defending them wasn't necessarily um, doing that much different, was he? Uh, in terms of um, kind of stretching himself every time. 
Uh, Rob Barrow, I've mentioned him. Benjamin Nib, most definitely improved. I believe he's got a much better skill set now, which talks to the concept of improvement, doesn't it? And, and technically working in a gym, you can see that manifesting itself, I think. But Benjamin continues. Joshua, a closer fight. So he thinks that if Dillian White does get that rematch with Anthony Joshua, will be closer. He says, not so sure. think he's a better technical fighter than Wilder, but he'd have to stay away from the bombs Wilder throws. But he deserves a shot. He's grafted for it, which I think is fairness. He's fought people like Evitza Bakarin, hasn't he? Um, people like Dave Allen, the white rhino from Leeds. I think he's kind of earned his soul, hasn't he? He's had some tough fights. Richard Lewis says he's improved for sure, but I don't see him beating either Joshua or Wilder myself. But that said, I do think he'd trouble the best of the non-champions. Maybe a fight with Pulev, Povetkin or Tyson Fury next would be a good measure how far he's come and I responded to that and I just wonder what you think about that potential to fight Tyson Fury is obviously going to want a high calibre fight sometime soon maybe after he um, has a sort of a kind of initial perfunctory uh, reintroduction to boxing because remember Fury hasn't fought since end of 2015 so it's getting on for two and a half years but I wonder whether they're, um, it's a good match for Dillian White because he's what 6'4 Tyson Fury, long reach, 6-9, as we saw in the second fight, particularly against Eric Chisora, just that long reach. Um, very tactically difficult fight for a smaller man to fight Tyson Fury just because of that range, that reach, and that ability to switch hit. A uh, variety of shots, difficult to get close. But I did point here that maybe Dillian White's got a bit more bounce, a bit more energy, a bit more lateral movement than, um, than Derek Chisora, who just kind of slightly flat-footed in his style and kind of coming forward in straight lines very easy for... Tyson Fury, maybe Dillian White would pose a little bit more of a threat. Let me know what you think on on that. If you got if you're moved with a prediction about Tyson Fury against Dillian White, obviously Tyson Fury, by virtue of his performance against Vladimir Klitschko, would be big favourite. But then that was one night, and we just don't quite know what Vladimir Klitschko was like going into that fight. He didn't lay a glove on him, didn't he? And I think certainly tactically, technically smart for Tyson Fury, but whether. We read too much into it because maybe Vladimir wasn't quite up to scratch. A lot of uh, murmurings about his personal life at the time, things like that. Going through a difficult time. Matty Shaw says, in regards to Dillian White, he says, with Dillian and Wilder, I think Dillian White has a great chance, technically more improved, better experience, and will bang to Wilder's body. Yeah, note the body shots at the weekend, actually slowing him down. Same situation as Brown, should be wary of the big right and how to counter it. I mean, that's like a kind of, it's like a laser-guided sort of viper snake, isn't it? Um, Deontay Wilder's right hand just sort of kind of extends and sort of gravitates into people's jaws. So it'd be difficult, difficult more than Lucas Brown because of the, the reach, six foot seven guy again. Um, James Warwick says, definitely improved a lot, stamina, physic, physical and power, has a beating of Wilder for sure, but not AJ. He'll always have his number. It's interesting. Glyn Davenport, definitely developed and improved in all aspects. Tibbs has done a great job with him. Seems more focused on being a boxer than a fighter, although capable of both. AJ still wins for me, but he's got a better chance now, mainly by left hook. Uh, we know AJ's vulnerable if caught. Now, he, that was the second round of their first fight, wasn't it, in 2015, that um, Dillian White caught AJ in the second round of that with a left hook and couldn't quite finish it then, he says, because of a shoulder problem. Uh, looked quite gassed at the time. Both men riding high on emotion. Pete Bancroft says, Saturday was the first time he was impressed with boxing skills. He looked in good shape too. His problem is that whilst he's improved, AJ... And to a lesser extent, Wilder have two. Based on styles, I think he gives Wilder more problems than AJ, but still a level below both. Interesting that, though, because aside from Vladimir Klitschko, maybe Dominic Brazil, or Carlos Takam was an obstinate opponent for Anthony Joshua. I'm just thinking that some of the, the fights that Dillian White's had, 
um, the encounters he's he's had the sort of Derek Chisora contest even Dave Allen Ian Lewison I think you know London Derby that fight kind of really gave him some some issues Ian um, kind of showed his talent as well in that fight and I think some some a lot more rounds maybe under his belt than Anthony Joshua who put you know seventh round Dominic Brazil seventh round um, stoppage of Dillian White apart from that Klitschko and Carlos de Cam isn't had many rounds in the 20 fights so interesting to see whether the progression has been higher for AJ obviously he's been in huge fights but I wonder whether uh, Dillian White's adjusted more to the limelight because that's one thing that was apparent that people discussed at the time working in the media was that for Dillian White that first anti-Joshua fight was a huge step into the spotlight into the media world to have to talk to be eloquent articulate and he kind of came across just then as played the kind of pantomime villain didn't he to AJ's good guy and I think it was a it was a time when he was sort of maybe a little bit understandably overwhelmed by the the occasion of it because he didn't have that Olympic background fighting at London Excel have the nation's expectations behind him as Joshua did in 2012 and then his professional career so it was a kind of novel experience maybe that's maybe he's got more experience in facing that temperamentally wise maybe the event would be easier for Dillian White this time than last time relative to AJ who obviously he's got up a notch with fighting Klitschko at Wembley and stuff Red White Gooner presumably an Arsenal fan, says he'd noticeably worked on his defence and that would be key if he faces Wilder. He boxes better than Wilder and because he can do that, if he lands while Wilder's chin is wide open, you never know what could happen. The other thing is if he survives 12 rounds against Deontay Wilder, I know we've seen some kind of uh, imaginative scoring against um, Luis Ortiz, but if it was in the UK, a fight against Dillian White with uh, decent judges, you'd think Dillian White avoids getting knocked out over 12 rounds. Could he score more points than Deontay Wilder because he's not exactly orthodox doesn't that many points for this jab does he Wilder maybe he could do that maybe he could have lewd Wilder for 12 rounds and, and outbox him yeah, it remains to Vern the, the only man in their first encounter of course to go the full distance against Deontay Wilder uh, Rico Boxing says definitely improved under Mark Tibbs a good trainer and conditioning has improved also whether it's enough to beat Wilder or Joshua I don't think he beats either um, Dara Flan- uh, Fagan says he looked the best he has skill wise he'll never be the most skilled heavyweight but neither is AJ who might be the best I think he has a decent chance to be either man but would pick AJ or Wilder if it was my last fiver love to see the Wilder fight yeah, it would be good wouldn't it I think it's just a you know kind of an erratic um, enigma of a boxer isn't he Deontay Wilder and that right hand is just kind of like a, a nuclear missile that you've got just to um, unleash any point. Chris Scudder, who's a former colleague of mine at Sky Sports, says, don't think Wilder Camp would risk losing a Joshua payday by fighting White first unless he's mandatory WBC. I think he probably is now. He says, I think he's ranked number one, isn't he, by them? I think that's an issue where there'd be a voluntary to fight Joshua. It puts a little bit of pressure on Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder to, to get their fight, though, if Dillian White pushes, because he's had to play this kind of kind of uh, subplot guy in the shadows, hasn't he? The, the, the sort of kind of Z-list actor to the to the front two or not maybe that's wrong but the um you know the sort of uh character actor around the the main protagonist so it's interesting that maybe he can force the issue now maybe he can create pressure to get the wilder joshua fight on a little bit earlier than both men may want um but yeah dylan white for me there's evidence and i think this podcast this audio blog is called sport and life because i wanted to try and link sport to life and kind of understand why i've been such a massive advocate of it playing watching it working in it for 15 years now and what it can benefit us and I think you can learn from from people and I think Dillian White's shown progression shown development which if you, I guess Tony Robbins the uh, guru of lifestyle says that if you can feel like you're progressing in life then humans need that and it's uh, 
a way of a way to happiness and he's certainly progressing isn't he whether he still has enough to to be the top men I think you can't judge it on your opponents can you can you judge it on him and you have to respect him for improving his skill set his conditioning and his uh, his technique Dillian White doing his best for his family and carving a, a good career and working on himself self-improvement but guys let me know what you think this this uh, was on Ed Draper 81 on Twitter I also put a video up on Instagram Ed underscore Draper 81 filmed it at Sudley Castle in Gloucestershire but just a quick uh, quick kind of audio blog just asking for people's thoughts and Stanner 999 said I thought Dylan White Dillian White was a good look sharp strong powerful did everything off a good jab move well skills have improved but saying that Lucas Brown was very poor plodding forward looking for one big shot I think White should test himself against Pulev or Atakam Joshua and Wilder still leagues above so that's Stanner 999 uh, on my Instagram page Ed underscore draper 81 um hook me up on there be good to make contact with you guys if you listen to this first time i'm a sports broadcaster in the uk predominantly working for sky sports i was trained in the states though um boxing is a big love of mine football uh since being a kid in terms of playing football's been my main sport played semi-pro a little bit played at university at loughborough um coached in the states and, and other places before diving into sports journalism um, but yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts, guys. It's kind of an audio blog. Getting a few uh, guests lined up, hoping to speak to Jim White, um, kind of legendary broadcaster, works at Sky, and Gary Johnson, Cheltenham Town football manager, and then various characters along the way. Um, I hope to check out Darren Barker's gym in Paddington. He's going to open soon as well. I hope to speak to, to Darren on here, get his thoughts on sport and life. Got a great story about how boxing helped him get over the loss of his brother as a young man. Um, which is powerful. It's, yeah, I think sport can teach us a lot of things. And hopefully this is um, of interest to you. Do get in touch and um, speak to you soon. I'll maybe post some thoughts, post on Twitter actually getting people's thoughts on um, on Anthony Joshua against Joseph Parker this weekend. I'd like to know your thoughts on that too. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon.